and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and this weekend, there are a myriad of exciting animation events happening in the Southern California area. First up, tonight at Titmouse Animation Studios, Model Collective and Steven Silver will be hosting a night of life drawing This event is free and it's happening at 8 p.m. And information will be in the show notes so that you can RSVP for the event. It promises to be very fun. There's going to be life drawing. There's going to be food trucks. It'll be a good time. So make sure to check that out. Also starting tonight is the Creative Talent Network Expo, CTNX, which will be taking place at the Marriott Burbank Hotel. Preview night is tonight with the main convention happening this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Tickets are still available and you can check out the show notes for the link to that. And CTNX offers life drawing, panels, screenings, portfolio reviews, and a chance to meet all of your animation professional heroes who will be selling their merchandise, including sketchbooks, art books, prints, and more. So make sure to check that out this weekend as well. Also happening on November 16th is the Tooks Art Expo. This is the second year that this will be going on. It's in Redlands, California, and it's an opportunity to see musical acts, short films, and more. And for more information on that, you can visit Tooks Arts Expo. That's T-U-K-E-S artsexpo.com. And also on November 18th, there are two other exciting events going on. The first is a conversation with Lauren Faust, which will be happening at the Wyndham, and tickets are available for that via Eventbrite. And also at the Noman School, there's going to be a talk with many of the visual development artists who worked on Thor Ragnarok. So you'll want to check that out as well. And again, details for all of these events will be in the show notes, as well as on the website at theanimatedjourney.com. So make sure to check all of those out. If you will be in Southern California this weekend, it's your opportunity to meet interesting people and find out how they got into the industry and how you can get into the industry as well. And as far as the movie update, I saw a very excellent film on Monday, The Breadwinner, directed by Nora Tumey. This movie is fantastic. It's a wonderful film, very important for our time. I highly recommend it. If it's playing in your area, go and see it. It's important to support independent film and especially animated independent film because there's a lot of different animated films out there and it's great to see something that is not your typical animated film with animal sidekicks and singing as much as I love musicals you guys I you know that I love musicals you know that I love animals but it's important to support films of all types it's a wonderful story highly recommend it so again if it's playing in your city go and see it it's very good and also had a chance to see the original Clash of the Titans which had visual effects created by none other than Ray Harryhausen The movie was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Maggie Smith and Laurence Olivier were in it, which really impressed me. Basically, watching Clash of the Titans, it felt like watching a Marvel movie 
but made in the 80s because you had premiere actors and you had awesome special effects for 1981. So it was pretty impressive. Really enjoyed it. And I also rewatched Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Love those films so much. Andy Serkis and the VFX artists that worked on those movies. They're so talented. If you haven't seen them, you can get both of those movies at Target for $5, which is where I got them. So recommend those movies as well. And now that brings me to our main event. This is part two of my interview with Steven Silver. I really enjoyed speaking with Steven. Thank you again to Tina Apellis over at Design Studio Press for making this interview possible. So without further ado, I present episode 58, Interview with Steven Silver, part two. That is brilliant because I don't know too many people that do that. I feel like most people, they just take their projects and they, they bleed into one another and they just try to pack every single day with about yeah. 20 different things. Yeah, that's what people are doing. Absolutely. All the time, they're just packing all this stuff in and then they're just existing. I'm just doing this. I'm just trying to get all this done. And they're just going, going, going a million miles an hour thinking that they're doing all that because maybe there's going to be that specific outcome at the end, that specific thing that'll happen as a result. But you like an ant. You know, where you have your role, you play a role, you have a purpose and you just, just move. You have a function. It's a weird philosophy in a way, but I like to think of, I think of us as cells in our body. Every cell in your body serves a purpose and has a function from the get go. Like all of a sudden that cell decides that that's going to be your eyelash cell. That cell is going to be the thing that's on the back of your tongue or the back of your throat, the, your tongue that's going to make you taste. That thing's going to be your big toenail, that cell. And it's got a mission to go there and form in that place. And your cells are constantly moving through your body. And they're constantly in motion, working, working towards something. And that's exactly what we are in the whole scheme of things within the universe. We're nothing but a cell. We're just a ball of energy that has a purpose. Just you have a function and your purpose is just to many things, you know, connect with people. Your purpose is to for growth for yourself to discover something that you lack in your life or something that for you that you, you need to figure out this time around, you know, no matter what, if you got a bad circumstance or a good one, you know, you're learning and and this is part, you know, your purpose is trying to, for you to discover what that is, trying to find that meaning. But I think if you're an artist inherently, this is what you do. This is what you're being led towards. You're guided whether you're going to turn your art into a children's book or a mural on the side of a building on the freeway that might affect someone else. This is what it's all about. We're all serving towards just keeping this going. So artists just got to create, just follow it, just believe, just do it. And that's think, the most important thing. But keep learning. That's very important too because people, but I'm an artist and maybe some people, a lot of artists out there and they're, maybe they're not succeeding or they keep getting rejected and they're not where they want to be in their career. And it's not that it's not meant to happen. It's not going to be that way. It's just that, well, maybe you just, you got to just reposition yourself and maybe you're, you're just, you're barking up the wrong tree and you're trying to do something. I've, like there was one guy specifically, I was talking to him through a mentorship 
he wanted to get an animation and he was an older guy, you know, he was probably in his late 40s, early 50s. And he wanted to be an animation character designer. And I'm looking through his work, yet he did children's books. And that's what he wanted to do more of. And his style, it was very naive in a way, but it had a beauty and a charm to it that was so, just stick with your book illustrations. Why are you trying to get into this world? You know, it's just like you're trying to force something that's not inherently you. And I think it's about discovering that this is my voice. This is what I can do. I'm believing in that. Again, people are trying to chase what they see other people doing a lot of the times, you know, instead of maybe what their true gift is, their true thing that they're great at doing. Hey, you're really great at talking to people. Hey, you're really great at technology. Hey, you're really great at this. Maybe you should try to incorporate that into your art somehow and, and try to mold it and don't try to fit in with what everyone else is doing. Why do you think they're trying to chase these other things rather than figuring out what it is about themselves? Uncertainty. It just pretty much goes because they're looking at what other people have done and in their minds, they see that's a success. Whatever you determine success is, they may look at that and go, that guy's success or that guy's getting notoriety and that guy's or something's happening to that guy and and but if I do this it's not going to happen for me or I don't know if it can happen for me so if I just chase that route I have a better chance so I think a lot of it just comes from the unknowing uncertainty afraid of the outcome if they do it differently than what's already been done and this is a common thing you know this is again it's like I love history I love biography, the, the, like the biography channel, the history channel. I love watching how it's made. I love all these things apart from art just to see what other people have experienced, what other people are going through, and the innovation in history, the discoveries that mankind has made, sometimes just by mistake, but they just were trying it. You see that happen over and over again. So I think you just got to... We're living in a, the Wild West really right now in terms of technology and just ability. There's so many things that haven't been created that still are going to be created. The simple things, you know, like I was looking at something, it was a year ago. I don't know if you've seen them. You know, those, they're like little cups. They're like shakers and they got a little metal ball in it just to shake up your powder drink. Oh, okay. That's the most simplest idea, just to stick that in a cup and stick this round little ball and shake your powder drink where that invention wasn't around. Like we had to have a machine to do like the big old stir thing. Otherwise, we were just using a spoon, you know, and then you get all clumps. It's like these simple little things that whatever it may be are created and thought of all the time. So I think it's just about allowing yourself to fail. And that's okay. Because I think we've been taught all through school from the time we were little kids that failure, you got an F, you got a D, you're not going to get into this school now, you're not going to do this. And academically, we were always graded and judged. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to be told that our artwork sucks. Trust me, I've told that, try to tell it to a lot of people in, many, in a kind way, but people don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear they need to improve, that what they need to improve on. They just want to hear that everything's great. They want to get that A. They want to get that B. And I think if you're prepared and just say, failing is good. It's a process and it's the only way that I'm going to learn. It's the only way that, and it's okay. And I think the minute you realize that as well, 
then you'll try things and you'll try to be different and, and do different things. But I think that's the only way. I completely agree with you on that. And I know for me personally, and a lot of other people I know, the only way you get better is when your teachers or friends or someone says, okay, I'm looking at your art. This could be better, or this is not good. And this is why. And they're not telling you out of ugliness. They're telling you because they want you to succeed and they know it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. It's the awareness. You know, I think once you have the awareness that you struggle with that thing in your artwork, that my suck at drawing hands, I suck at drawing heads, I suck at drawing gestures, I suck at, you know, whatever it is, what do you suck at? And you're aware of that, truly, then that's when you can start fixing it and working towards it. But if you're not aware of that and you think that, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, then how can you, why would you improve upon it, right? It's not broke. I don't need to fix it. That is a really good point. And actually, this is kind of apropos of nothing, but I'm a big fan of your YouTube channel. And I like, I like all of your art talks. They're very good. And I'm just curious, just from a personal standpoint, how do you decide what topics to talk about? Because at this point, you've done over 130 of them. Have you ever had that moment where you're going, but what am I going to discuss this Monday? I have, but I also it's, I, I also have an ongoing list because, like I said, it almost comes to me. I, I've had ideas for art talks where I've just woken up in the middle of the night and I got a pad always by my bed because sometimes it happens for me. And so I write down a topic. Otherwise, I'm, I'm driving. I could be at a cafe. I could be anywhere. And at those moments... I see something or I'm thinking about something. So I've learned not to question my thoughts and just my thoughts are going to always guide me. And when I'm doing something and that thought pops into my head, it's like, oh, I should email Angela right now. You know, I'm going to do it right then because that thought just popped into my head. And so I write all these topics down, but I do go back to the topics and go, nah, I'm just not feeling like I want to talk about that. And that's when I'll struggle with what can I talk about? But it always, again, I rely on the fact that it has always worked out. It always comes to me. So why doubt that it's not going to happen again? Why doubt that it's not good? Because I've succeeded with it before. It happens when it happens. So it's almost like I don't question it. But I do have a ongoing list of topics. And, and sometimes it's just from a conversation that I may have with um, a student where I'm just talking with them and they mention something and I go, you know what? That's a great point that I think I need to talk about more because people are going through that. So that's where it comes from. Yeah, that's really good because you've managed to be very, well, not, I shouldn't say managed because it sounds like this is something that you put a lot of hard work into, but something that I know a lot of people struggle with is consistency, being consistent and doing stuff at a consistent level at a consistent rate. And it's something that you've done consistently many, many times now, like there's always one. I've just found that just as someone who also creates content, that's just very impressive to see that it's possible to do. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. And that's, again, it's just that that self-awareness and that desire. It's just deciding that you want to do something and do it and don't let these other forces stop you. Don't let people stop you. Don't let situations stop you. Don't make excuses that the amount of times I've heard people say, are you doing life drawing? No, I'm not doing any life drawing. There's no place around me to do life drawing. It's like there's every single person that walks in the street is a subject. Every single person you look at in an airport, in the park, 
anywhere is a subject. When I was living in San Diego, you know, we could have probably gone to a life drawing class, but my buddies and I would just, we all pitched in and hired a model. They came to the house and we all sat around in the house and drew the model. You know, there's, you can make excuses up the yin yang, why it's not going to work out and why this can't happen and why you can't do that. And you can blame it on so many things, but the reality is you're in control. And you can decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. And I'm going to get out of my town and I'm going to move to this other town. I'm going to move to this other place and do this and do that. And kind of like what I did when I went traveling around all around the United States, just doing caricatures in different places at different theme parks. I didn't have to just stay in one place and you don't. But here's the thing that I would say, and it's more for, I guess, maybe if you have some younger viewers here or people that are still living at home and relying on their parents. If you're relying on your parents to pay everything for you and do things for you still, all these decisions are gonna be that much harder where you are under control of someone else. But when you say, hey, you know, I'm gonna do this for myself, I'm gonna do it, I don't need your money, I don't need your this, your that, that's when you can make all the choices. But, you know, you may say to your mom, dad, no, mom, dad, I'm doing this. And this is what, exactly what I want to do. And they're telling you no. And you say, my parents are always fighting me. And they tell me I can't do this and can't do that. I say, well, you're still living at home? Yeah. You're still, they're still paying for your gas and your, your car and it? Yeah. Well, then you can't really say anything. You almost, until you make that commitment, say, I'm out of here. I'm going to do this for myself. You got to keep that in mind too. That is an excellent point. So it's more of if you want to be independent, you need to be independent any way you can, Absolutely. whether it means, you know, work at Starbucks, yeah. get a little studio right. apartment, do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Yeah. Get some roommate, just start. Yeah. Go whatever you need to do. And then you can start really making all those choices and not say, and then not let it be an excuse that my parents won't let me do it. My parents won't let me go. My parents won't this. My parents won't that. It's like, no, you're over 18. You can do what you want. You just got to, if you're strong enough and willing and willing enough to do it seriously. That is good. I like that advice a lot. And I'm curious too, because I knew that you worked at SeaWorld. What were some of the other theme parks that you did caricatures for? I worked at the Worlds of Fun in Kansas City. I worked at the Mall of America in Minnesota. And then I worked at another theme park called Valley Fair in Minnesota. And then I was at the like 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. I was out there for, you know, while doing that. I think those were the major theme parks that I was at traveling around until I got into animation. But I think I would have just kept going around because there's so many places you can do it. And at this point, were you was this through your own company? Was Were you basically going to them and saying, I'm able to do this for you? Or were they open calls and you just applied? Yeah, in the beginning, it was basically, I were hearing that, hey, they're looking for caricature artists at SeaWorld in San Diego. Okay, so then I called up SeaWorld in San Diego and got the front desk. Can I talk to the person who does caricatures? They put me in touch with the person who does caricatures. Hey, I draw caricatures. Can I show you my stuff? Yeah, come on down. We're looking for caricature artists. So then it was just, yeah, doing that. I just worked for two companies. So they were companies that had the concessions. And then during that time, that's when I started my own business doing private parties. So while I was working at the theme parks, people would always say, hey, 
I got a convention or a trade show or wedding, a bar mitzvah. Can you do caricatures there? And so I'd make, I'd set up my own business back then to where now I got my own business cards, my own flyers, my own brochures and putting the ads in the yellow pages. Again, this is all before the internet, putting ads, you know, wherever you can, getting an agent who are party planners. You know, you go through the phone book and look at all the event planners. You can still do that today. If you, anyone out there is interested in doing balloon animals or caricatures, just look up event planners and they need you. You know, you get on their roster and all of a sudden they have a party coming up where the client says, yeah, and we'd love to have a caricature artist. So then they'll contact you and then you go from there. But then I started drawing at bars when I was old enough. I was drawing at just different tourist attraction areas in San Diego, just setting up booths there, setting up at shopping malls during the Christmas time. So that was all my own business for November and December, drawing caricatures, making fun of people, keep in mind and getting paid for it. And that's how I was making my living for a long time was just making fun of people. And it's a great way to make a living, you know, if that's something you want to do. That sounds a lot better than a four-year school. And at the risk Hell of alienating yeah. anyone who's been to a four-year school, myself included, that is more experience, not only with drawing, oh. but just being around people and learning business acumen than anyone I've talked to who's gone to school. Yeah. And you know what it does? You know what caricatures did for me? It did two major things. It built up my speed because I had to draw caricatures under five minutes, a full face and sometimes body. So I built up my speed and also I built up a resilience to assholes, to, to just people who are, were just, you know, say mean things about your artwork in front of your face. You suck. You're horrible. Get up, tear your drawings up in front of your face throw them away, get, you know, just all these different aspects. So you build a real thick skin. So it's like you become like just this Teflon, this thing where no one can penetrate you to where even when a director, you're working with a director and they're telling you, no, 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 it's not working. Go back to the drawing board. You don't take it personally. So, and I think that's a big thing where a lot of artists take it very personally when someone says something negative about their artwork, as opposed to, Hey, well, I'm doing what I'm doing my best. It was, they, for whatever reason, they didn't enjoy it, but that other person did, you know, it's like those people you get on the internet. You can have a hundred people that say they like something. And then you get that one person that says the negative and it's just like, you know, it's just one person that was their opinion and it's fine and it's okay. But that's what, those are the two major things that having that experience gave me. And of course led to character design because it's caricature and character design are just one and the same. That is fantastic. And, you know, speaking of Going through this, you know, being able to talk to different people, being able to talk to directors, having a thick skin. What are some other skills that you feel like artists just don't have that they just really need to have in order to survive nowadays? You know, I think in all honesty, every artist needs to be somewhat an entrepreneur. You have to have that drive you have to have, as more and more stuff is going overseas, especially, you know, again, it's, it's good and will benefit people that are living in the Philippines and India and all these different parts of the world as animations getting bigger and bigger in these places. But I think what you just need to have is that self-confidence and that drive 
to start your own thing, do your own thing, and be able to communicate with people. I think that's a big thing. I see many, a lot of artists just truly are shy. And I think you got to break the shy barrier. And you just got to be okay to talk to people and just remember that the worst anything is anyone is ever going to do to you. Again, we're talking about normal human beings on this planet is say no. They're not going to say something horrible in front of their face. I mean, granted, yeah, people have had that. But, the, you know, again, this is about building up that thick skin and knowing that maybe that person had a really bad day. And that's why they're taking it out on me. But the worst thing that people are going to do is say no. So don't be afraid to ask for things. And I see a lot of people, they just talk behind closed doors. And this is what happens in the animation industry. Because there's a lot of problems in the animation industry and, and the way things are run and people working overtime for free and people not getting valued for their work and all this. And a lot of it is because people are afraid to speak up. I think people are afraid to talk about money. Talking about money is taboo in a way, and especially for artists, because an artist, we're just supposed to create, man. We don't do it for money. We just, you know, but that's hogwash. We all do. We all, we all want to make a living at this, whether you're a, a fine art gallery painter or whatever you are, you want to make a living doing what you love. So it's okay to talk about these things and ask for things and go to your producers and your directors and tell them that there's a problem, that there's a problem going on here and, and it needs to be resolved because otherwise people are going to walk all over you as much as they can. And it's a common thing. And what happens in life, which a lot of people may not have faced yet, but they always will, is sometimes you're forced just to be a, a raging, you know, you got to get angry at people sometimes, even though it's against your own judgment, because people will force you to, because people will take advantage of you until you stand up and say, no, I'm not going to let you do this. And until you, and you, you'll deal with it with the phone company, with insurance company, with a landlord, you're going to deal with it in many other areas, you know, in art too. You got to sometimes play hardball. You got to be hard ass. Not again, you don't, this is going to not be a common occurrence, but you got to have that willingness. And once you do, you realize, you know what? Something changed because I said something about it and I did something about it. And I just didn't just talk about it at lunch, which is what happens when I was working in the studios for many years. Everyone, we all got together at lunchtime. Me too. I was part of that. And we rant at lunchtime about all these things that are going on. And no one wanted to say anything for the fear of losing their job and, and everything else. So I'd say, you know, speak up, speak up. That's something that I admire about what you do, because you do that, done that online and through your videos talking about, you know, whether it's people deserving to get paid or things happening on the convention circuit or specific companies. I like yeah. the fact that you're willing to say, we all know this is an issue. So let's right. just all admit that yeah. this is an <laughs> issue because we all exactly. know. <laughs> just get it out there. We're all thinking the same thing. Yeah. Let's just, you know, just let's just get it, you know, mm -hmm. let's just say it. That is the funny thing, because you're right, you do go to lunches and you go to, you know, animation events and parties. And it's true. Somehow everyone does know what's going wrong. <laughs> like everyone yeah. just, they just all know. And it's like, you don't know how they know, but you all know. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, Steve, what else do you think, where else do you think the industry is heading? You mentioned 
everyone needs to be an entrepreneur, which completely makes sense. You know, the internet has changed things. Things yeah. are going to various countries now. What other major changes are you seeing that you feel like people should be more aware of? I truly believe and feel there's never going to be a, that a lack of content. That content is king. What we're seeing because of the internet and all these other avenues is there's just, they can't even keep up. We need more. We need more. We need more shows, especially with all the binge watching and everything that's going on where times have changed, where they did a run of 13 episodes on something and people would watch it over six months, seven months, so they could spread it out. Now people are done watching it in one day. Okay, they've just watched all 13 episodes. Okay, we need to get some more going on now. So we're seeing there's a lot more development. I'm seeing a lot more development pop up in many places, which is great. More job opportunities for a lot of people. But what I'm also seeing too is that there has been a true devaluation in the artist, in the artist's work and the, just the value of their work because there's so many people trying to do it now and there's so many people who don't understand a lot about the business practices or just don't understand about wages and don't understand what's going on to where, you know, it's opened up this whole door. And also you got to keep in mind with the internet, there's all these things that have popped up. You want a logo done? You want something else? Well, I can hire, go onto these websites and get some guy who's living in India who doesn't need $100 to do that. He $10 is great, you know? So in general speaking, in certain places, right? So the value is changed because we're in such a global market now. And listen, I understand. Everyone's looking for a bargain, we all are. I'm a homeowner. I know that anything goes wrong with my house. I want to get the best rate I can for someone to fix something, whatever it may be. And I understand that. But I think where we're just seeing just a lot of people because there's such a huge demand for it right now. I think more people are getting sort of just like tossed in the mix very quickly. Just they're getting grabbed, chewed, and then spat back out just at a quicker rate than what used to happen. And I think you just got to have a thicker skin nowadays. You got to be prepared that you're not going to be at a studio for as long anymore, that you're going to maybe be working on projects, just a bunch of little things. Just don't expect that one job. I think you got to have a bunch of little campfires going at the same time. Now, this is what you have to do this for the thriving artist of today. You have to have multiple irons in the fire. It's not just one thing anymore. And that's what people have to realize. You're not going to be at the studio for the next 25 years, unless you're on The Simpsons. But, uh, <laughs> that's true. It's like, it will, The Simpsons will never die and will outlive us all. Yeah. You know, you work over at Nickelodeon in production. You know the speed. You know, the, how long do the character designers get to design a show on your show? I know every oh, show is different. But... Yeah, they get about two weeks. Two, yeah, two weeks. See, I mean, there used to be a time when you got four weeks, five weeks to design a show. Those days are gone. It's just like goes to two weeks to one week, some productions. So that you got to be prepared for this, this sort of thought. And it's part of evolving and just accepting. Okay. You just got to accept it. Okay. Or understanding, first of all, hearing from people in production and in the animation saying, guys, this is what you're going to be prepared for. This is what you have to do. It's not like getting working at school or something where you get one assignment and you get five weeks to do that one drawing. 
that's not happening. You got to be prepared to, uh, you know, especially you want to do storyboards. You bet you get prepared to draw. You want to do character designs. You may be doing a hundred characters for one show, you know, in two weeks, maybe more. It depends. So I think just be prepared and know that this is the way it's going to be. I think there's going to be, again, a lot of content out there. A lot of people are needing this in games, especially gaming, apps, toys, licensing. Huge, huge, huge. Not going away. So don't think there's not enough. There's always going to be enough. But I think that's where the change is happening is just the pacing has just become very quick now. And also people not as willing to pay for what it is that you should be getting. And just a quick note, if anyone's looking to get into animation, especially these studios, go to the local 839 Union website and they got a price survey on there. And you can see the rates of the artists are making in the studios. And that's a good way just to sort of say, how much should I be making? Granted, I know in Canada, they pay a lot less, um, unfortunately. Um, and in other parts of the world, of course, they pay the artists a lot less and they have them work more hours. And there's a lot of horrible, almost slave labor going out there in the animation industry, sad to say, in other countries. But it exists. It's out there. Yeah, I just actually, you mentioned, I just read an article about animators in Japan creating anime and how a lot of them are, they get strokes from working so many hours or they're living under their desks and they don't go home and they don't go to see their families and they're oh. making beautiful art, but the some of the conditions are just horrific. Oh, horrific. Oh, just, yeah, just horrible. I, I talked to, I had a conversation when I was in Switzerland one time with this. He was a mangaka artist doing anime full time and he was just speaking Japanese, but the interpreter and I had this, I went to dinner with him, had this long conversation what a nightmare. I mean, just the, the amount of work. And in all honesty, I don't think we Americans could do what those guys are doing. They've done it their whole lives. They do it in the automation. They do it in every industry in Japan. It's very similar. They even have a, there was a word created now in Japan because people are going to court and suing. And it's a word for people who die at their jobs because it's so common that people die from overworking. And it's a common thing in Japan. So there's an actual word for it now. But this guy was telling me all this. So that's something that I would say to any young artist. Don't, you know, I know a lot of people, they may like manga and anime. Try to diversify. You're never going to get hired doing that if you're not Japanese, most likely. So, and it's not something that you necessarily want to do anyway. You know, you get, you can appreciate it and appreciate the art form, but just be careful, you know, what you're aiming for. That is very smart. Well, what is up for you next, Stephen? Because, I mean, you've got so many things going on. You know, you've got your conventions, you have your books, your apps, your school. What is next for you? What's coming up for you in the next couple of months? You know, it's always a funny question. You know, it's just like I always sort of like crack up with that sometimes. It's like you, you finish doing something, you work on a project and it happens in every industry. You know, I see it in interviews with actors. They just finish promoting a movie and it's just like, what's next? It's like, well, next? hey, man, I just finished that. <laughs> it's like, I, I just, just looked at that movie. <laughs> it's like, let me bask in the glow of what I've just been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, let me enjoy this. No, um, but seriously, you know, what is next for me is what I'm working towards is, again, I teaching is my purpose in life. And so what I'm, 
gearing up towards more and more. I've been doing it quite a bit already, but I'm really looking to make just it my life's journey and my life's purpose is just doing workshops all around the United States and around the world for people that just want to learn, people that want to get excited about art, people who want to take their level up and take their artwork to the next level. And just I'm moving in that direction. I kind of want to uh, just do that just all the time. That's what I'm aiming for. And also something that I'm working on now is just trying to build something to help other artists get work because I get offers a lot to do all different sort of work, but I a lot of times can't do it, don't want to do it, or just would rather give it to other people to do who are better at it than what I would be able to do. So I want to build something up just to help other artists get jobs and work in the industry too for themselves because I've done it. You know, I've enjoyed that journey and I still do it. I'm still always freelancing for studios. I still do work from people from time to time. If I like the project and it sounds cool and I'm really gearing more towards my workshops. That is fantastic. And yeah, so everyone out there, definitely check out, you know, Stephen's various workshops, buy his new book. It's available on Design Studio Press and just Thank you so much, Stephen, for just taking the time to talk with me today and sharing so much knowledge about how to pursue your career, how to pursue your craft, and just how to really enjoy that artistic life. Well, yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on. And I hope this reaches, you know, people at the right time and they just kind of are excited. And the, the bottom line is just just keep having fun. Just enjoy the journey. Just accept whatever is good, bad, or ugly in your life. Just embrace it and just draw. Just know that in this industry, you're hired for your skill. So it's important to develop that in whatever means you can. Just keep working on that. And don't worry about the people who are going to reject you or the people who tell you it can't be done. Just just do it. You know, Just be smart you know, and uh, just go for it. See what happens. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and for talking with me this evening. Oh, yeah. No, this is fun. Again, this is for me, this is so much part of it. And uh, just to be able to reach more people, you know, and get it out there again, just trying to change that mindset of the people. So when, when there's opportunities like this come along and you're doing great things with the, you know, on your own time that you'd make the effort to do this is just really, you know, great, you know, and that's what, uh, this is all part of it. You know, you got your day job, but this is the thing on the side and you're, you know, again, you're, you're helping connect people in a lot of different ways. It's all, it all impacts. It all has an impact somehow. So it's all good stuff. Thank you so much. I mean, that's, that's definitely one of the goals is just to help people. Cause I mean, I don't know. I just remember in school, like a lot of times just feeling really lost and just like, this is what they're telling us in school, but what's actually happening out there? You know, we don't really know what's going on out in the real world. And it wasn't until friends started to get jobs or you had the handful of teachers who were still working that you had a glimpse of, okay, this is what's actually going on. And I like that you talk about the mindset because that's something that no one in school talked about the type of mindset you have to have. They all talked about drawing and, you know, right, which is right. good and fundamentals, yeah. which is good, but they didn't talk about this is your life. This is how you yeah. should view life. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what it comes down to. Like I used to, people would always ask me advice and, you know, still always do, but they'd ask me a, earlier on when I was starting to talk and teach and get up in front of people and I'd say, hey, you know, do characters do this? So I was telling people about my journey and thinking that, well, if you have the same journey I have, you know, maybe it'll work. But I realized that's not it. You're going to have your own journey and your own path. So I, I became, I started just to break it up more as to what that actually means, you know, and that means being patient. That means having a purpose. That means having passion. That means having self-confidence. That means concentrating. That means having a desire and knowing what you want, you know, so it's all these things, these elements that everyone can relate to, and you're going to use it for whatever you can and say, okay, well, let me let me take those tools, let me take that that idea, that concept, and build my own life. But don't try to be someone else. I don't know who said it. There was a great, a very famous author, but he said, "Be yourself because everyone else is already taken." And I love that because that's what it is. Just stop trying to be other people. Stop trying to fit into other people's lives. Stop trying to have what other people have. Once you let go of all that and you, in a way, detach yourself from all of that stuff, then you, you become free and you become like, hey, I'm just like uh, any other plant and any other tree and any other thing that's on this planet. That's my, I got my own formation. I got my own way of growing. I'm going to blossom when I blossom. I'm going to shed all those leaves when I shed those leaves. And, and that's it. And when you, I think when you start to act like that and be like that, you realize that it's all going to be fine. It's all going to work out. People in horrible situations, they, oh, it's easy for you to say. You're not crippled. You don't have this ailment or you don't have this or you don't have that. And the thing is, that's what you have to work with. You're going to criticize it and you can say all you want. Otherwise, you can say, hey, you know what? This is what I've been given in this life and I'm going to make the best of it. And so I've not only read books about these people, but I've talked to these people in these predicaments. I've talked to people missing their arms and missing their legs. And, you know, I just got to spend a week with a Holocaust survivor, having conversations with a Holocaust survivor and hearing these stories firsthand and the things that people complain about and moan about. Again, you can make excuses up the yin-yang. Otherwise, you can say, you know what? This is my situation, but I'm going to turn it into something good. And it's up to you. And that's what I think people just need to understand. I agree with that 100%. That is so true. Because you're right. Everyone has something. Everyone yeah. has something they're going through. And some people are yeah. going through, quote unquote, big things or little yeah. things. But to them, even if it's a little thing, it's a big deal to them. And you just have to say, well, this is what I've got. So yeah. this is what I'm going to work with. And perhaps... I if I work with this, maybe I'll have more or maybe this is all that I need if I just... Yeah, right. Exactly. This. Exactly. You know, it's like what I told a friend recently, you know, because he's going through a real hard time right now in his, in his family life, uh, things happening. And I said to him, and I know it was helpful to him because he told me that, you know, this idea, this concept was very helpful. And what I said to him, I said, listen, you're going through this horrible thing right now, but this horrible thing you're going through may last one week. It may last six months. It may last the next five years, but you got to decide during these times, are you going to live this next one week, this next six months, this next five years in just in a horrible place? 
or and because it's going to happen anyway, it's going to still be a week. It's still going to be six months and it's still going to be five years. Or do you want to live that week, six months or five years and just be productive and do stuff? Because it's going to be the same amount of time. That time's not going to change. So you can either just say, you know, look back six months from now and go, hey, man, I made it through it. I weathered the storm and I'm glad that I did it in a positive way. Otherwise, I say, hey, six months goes by and you go, I hated life every moment. You know what I'm saying? It's like that time's still going to be. So why, why not just make the best of it? Just do what you can. Just be productive. Do something because it's going to be the same no matter what. You're still dealing with the same amount of time. Might as well make it good. And that concludes part two of my interview with Stephen Silver. Special thanks to Stephen for being an amazing guest. And make sure to check out all of the links to his work in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more people to find out about the show. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com, clicking on the PayPal button on the right-hand side and leaving a donation. All of your donations help me to pay for technical costs, such as web hosting for the podcast. And make sure to support all of our sponsors, Amazon, Audible, Loot Crate, and Blueberry Podcast Hosting. Whenever you click on those banner ads and make a purchase, a little bit of money comes back to the show. So thank you to everyone who has supported the show and supported our sponsors. And to see what else is going on in the world of animation, make sure to check out the Facebook page at theanimatedjourney.facebook.com. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at animjourney. And to see what I've been up to lately, you can check out my website, www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the site is sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at sketchysoul. So thank you to everyone for listening. And as always, be encouraged, have a great day, and enjoy all of the awesome events that are happening this weekend. 